Hello, you are listening to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for the woman who is suffering from digestive issues like IBS and SIBO. I am your host, Carly Raven. I am a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert, and mother. My mission is to help educate you about IBS and SIBO and take you on a journey to resolving your digestive issues. I will have real conversations and give you solutions that I know actually work. So if you're ready to be bloat-free, poo better, have more energy and become free from the fear of food, then you are in the right place. Hello and welcome back to the Nourish Gut Podcast. Today I'm super excited to be bringing on Georgie Collinson, uh, who is a certified RTT, hypnotherapist, anxiety, mindset coach, inner voice facilitator, and bachelor degree qualified naturopath, nutritionist, and I'm going to throw in there, friend. She's helped hundreds of clients worldwide through her online programs to master her anxious mind and is the host of her own chart-topping Anxiety Reset podcast. She is deeply committed to career, helping sorry, career-driven women step out of anxiety and fear using the Anxiety Reset method so that they can thrive with confidence and pursue their heart's desire. Her book, The Anxiety Reset Method, is released March 28th, 2023. A huge welcome to you, Georgie. I can't wait to have you here today. Thank you, Carly. What a beautiful welcome. I love that you threw friend in there. We studied together. Of course. I feel like it's always wonderful to chat to you and anyone who I kind of um studied with it's so awesome to connect and see you know what you guys are up to and all of the amazing things uh that you're achieving so yeah let's talk let's dive in I'm I, I just I feel like we're gonna have so much to cover today that we kind of really need to just dive in get started um because there's a lot to cover and especially um you know we want to know about your book and all of the exciting things that you're up to as well so I think let's I'd like to know more about you and how you actually became an expert in anxiety. Mm. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting, Carly, is when we first met, I was well in the depths of figuring this stuff out for myself and fumbling along the way and really experiencing that high-functioning anxiety. I would say a prime example of high-functioning anxiety. And what that means is that from the outside, it looks like you got it all together and you've got stuff going on and you know what you're doing. And on the inside, it's a very different story. You feel like you've got this inner critic battle happening. You're feeling not good enough. You're feeling perfectionist tendencies and you're never perfect enough. There's a lot of self-made pressure and that can manifest in a variety of ways. And sometimes we have coping mechanisms that come up as well. And for me, the paradox, the interesting thing was that it came out for me with my relationship with food and coping with anxiety through perfectionism in food. And that was partly what fueled my interest in nutrition, but equally, in fact, I remember having a a conversation with you specifically where I said something about having a treat. We were talking about, I don't know if you remember this. No, I do. (laughs) You'll bring back some memories, I think. (laughs) I said like, oh, I love having strawberries as a treat. And you said, oh my God, if I was having a treat, I'd be having like a golden gay time. (laughs) I'm, I'm literally like, that was probably quote word for word what was said. And 
that was like such an example right there of what was coming through my orthorexia, my obsession with food rules and like getting it perfect. Like a treat was strawberries, not like that was as far as naughty as I could go. And that's was where I was at, at uni, time. wasn't it? Back then, like I yeah. feel like, and I've talked about this a few times as well, like um, there was like this health anxiety going through the degree and you're bombarded. And I think this happens a lot by, by, from a, from a lot of sort, you know, resources like social media, um, everyday life now is we're influenced and bombarded with so much information that you become overwhelmed and almost paralyzed and therefore fearful. Um, Like I remember in second or third year and just being completely overwhelmed and I didn't know what to eat. I didn't know what to think. It was like toxins here. I'm going to die. I'm going to be like, I'm just going to go into a hole, you know? So I completely relate, even though I said, let's just eat the golden gay time or whatever. I still had my own stuff going on at uni when I was talking to you (laughs) yeah how funny right and like it's just you know we're just trying to navigate and all are being told basically here's the set of rules for how to do this right and how to live life right and get it get A's in everything you know it's and that's what we were kind of following and for me undoing a lot of that just came back to okay I've learned the language now I'm fluent in it I know what the gut needs and I know what my body needs and my brain needs and my nervous system needs my hormones, but what, what does my body really want right now? What do I feel like? And letting that intuition or that sense of feeling what's right for me, guide me. I even just last week had a Chinese medicine session somewhere in Bali. I won't, you know, point any more logistics, more specifics than that, but it was a very unsettling experience because Mm. I was she delivered the information so harshly at me like she was like oh I'm so concerned about your iron levels and da 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 and it was just this real but it it, like I say that to clients I'm sure you do too but we Mm. don't I don't deliver it that way like I'll say okay this is going to be a priority that we get that checked because it makes sense if you're not feeling you know 100% this this and this but the delivery was so harsh and it led me with it left me with this feeling of like oh, am i doing it wrong but mm. then i had to come back to no like you know she was also scolding me for um cold sh- cold plunges and saunas which i love and feel so good doing and um just for whatever reason it clashes with some element of the TCM philosophy yeah but it feels right for me mm. and I, I'm just going to follow that because that's what's right. And sometimes we do need to tune out the noise of everyone else and just come back to ourselves. So that was a huge part for me, but it did start earlier. It started at like high school, feeling the need to be the high achiever, getting all the best results, impressing the boys, having all the friends. And then when my parents split up just after high school, it wasn't just that they split up. It was learning the betrayal of my dad, that he wasn't who I thought he was, that he'd had this affair um, that had been going on for a number of years and went on to marry that woman as well. And just the way that that shattered like my sense of my family and my rock and who I could rely on and this solid foundation in life. So that sent the anxiety to another level of how can I be safe? How can I control the, the uncertainty of life and prepare for that next big bomb that's about to go off in life because the next one's going to come and food was one way I could control it and striving for perfectionism. Mm, So it sounds like you've become one of the experts in in the field um, through personal experience but I also know that you have 
an incredible amount of knowledge and you know expertise and certificates all the fancy stuff that comes with it as well but I mean there's nothing like having that um, deep experience with something that you're trying to help someone with is there I really believe that there's such a thing to be said for so many of us are, are looking to help a previous version of ourselves in many ways and you know, part of one of the the silver linings of going through difficult experiences in our lives is that whether you make that your career or it's something you can just help someone with, with a story or knowledge, or it gets better because you've been through it, that we always get to help someone with our challenging experiences in lives, in mm. life. In lives. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And so I feel like I've learned a lot from you, even just through like your social media and some of the reels that you make about functional anxiety and high functional anxiety and I know that personally I can only speak for myself like I've you know seen a few of your reels where there's like all of the things popping up about high functioning anxiety and it's made me go wow like it's almost a little bit of a mirror sometimes realizing that yeah I can see aspects of that in myself but can you tell us a little bit more today before we kind of dive deeper about what it what is high functioning anxiety And how do we actually know if we have it? Because I think you have a beautiful way of explaining this and bringing it simply to the front um, of our minds. Yeah. Well, look, it could be, you know, it's typically a person who experiences anxiety but still manages to get their general tasks and responsibilities day-to-day done. So it's like you might wake up and you're like... (gasps) and like the heart's beating and your tummy's turning and you're thinking about the to-do list and what I got to do. And maybe there's even a sense of dread is what a lot of my clients tell me about as well. And I've experienced that too, that, oh my God, like I can't do this, but Mm -hmm. I have to. And yeah, yeah, a real heaviness about life, but it's not depression. It's a real, it's not like a grief, like a, uh, like I, I can't get out of bed. You get out of bed, you do it but it's not like life's so enjoyable. And for this can vary, like some days it can feel crippling. Some days you can feel completely fine. Mm. And it's interesting to kind of note the patterns as well and see if that's got some kind of relevance to maybe your cycle or some other things that are going on in your life as well. Um, and so we t- typically have a bit of a roller coaster happening. So I think a lot of people look at that and go, oh yeah, I felt like that on Monday or over the weekend, but I don't feel like that all the time. And I felt, felt totally fine on Friday. And, you know, so the, the self-doubt piece can be there at times, but equally some days you might feel perfectly confident. So it's, it's, also characterized by people pleasing and the tendency to, because that's part of the perfectionism. I want everyone to like me and I can't let people down. So the boundaries tend to be crossed. And I suppose on some level, we may notice a little bit of a numbness in ourselves in terms of our own sensitivity towards our feelings and emotions. So we're so used to letting other people cross our boundaries that we don't acknowledge that it hurts and we don't speak up for it because we don't want to cause a fuss. And what that leads to is essentially a lowering of our own self-worth and our self-importance, this little girl within us or little boy feeling not important, feeling like I'll just shove my stuff to the side because everyone else is ultimately more important than me. Mm, I think most people can can relate to that at some point in their life like I don't know whether it's do you find that men and women like this is something that men and women are are like suffering from or is it more like women that are experiencing this stuff do you know like what you've seen I feel 
So I typically work with women. I mean, I only work with women, which Mm. is a funny thing because people often say to me, why not men? As though I'm being like, it's almost like the all lives matter thing. Yes, Um, yes. But definitely men experience it too. And, um, you know, men need help and support with it as well. I will certainly say that. But it's, it's, it's endemic. It's our society. We see high-functioning anxiety in our society as a whole. It is part of a sickness that's there that we have to start to look at and unlearn this idea that it's lazy to rest, that we have to be doing and on and productive all the time, and that our emotions are weak and our sensitivity is a burden instead of actually something where we can, if nurtured the right way, our emotional development from when we're little children, if we're kind of encouraged in that, we're building a deeper self-worth, a true self-confidence and ultimately our innate sense of trusting ourselves. And that's kind of going back as well to what I was saying before about cutting through all the noise of nutrition and, and life rules. Like I've got to live life this way and this is the right way to do it. And ultimately like what's true for you? Mm. Oh. I just love this chat. (laughs) There's just, I feel like it's so important and so needed that we need to keep talking about this um, and pulling back the layers and it's going to be different for everyone. Um, And I think that's what makes it even more juicy, I suppose. So you mentioned just before um, like a lack of confidence and a bit of self-doubt. And can we just touch on this a little bit more? Because I think that this is really important. And maybe even do you have advice for people that are, you know, suffering from that high-functioning anxiety that's then going on and affecting their confidence and coming out in self-doubt? Like what would you say to that person? Well, the first thing I would say is that some self-doubt is normal to a, a degree, to an extent, and part of that is because that's just how our mind works. The the anxious mind is always looking to criticize us, to protect us, to keep us safe. It's like, I'll get in first. I'll find the pimple on your face first before they can so that I make sure you look perfect and that they like you more. You know, it's coming from that place. But ultimately, we also have to acknowledge, and this would be, you know, one takeaway from this episode is seeing that your thoughts are optional. They're not who you are. They are simply just ideas running through the mind that could be as relevant and truthful and evidence-based as me saying, look, a flying pink elephant. You know, (laughs) that's the same kind of level of evidence we can put in our thoughts and trust we can put in our thoughts. So your mind is lying to you. The self-doubt is is a lie in your mind. And if we're all kind of telling ourselves these various combinations of lies, or we all sort of make this illusion, this story about who we are in our lives, let's choose a better lie. Let's tell a lie that actually serves you. Let's tell a story that serves you in your life and helps you feel good and enjoy this life because both stories could be true. We could tell the story that you are the shy, underconfident person. We could tell the story that you're the one that always stuffs it up or the one that never follows through. You get ideas and then you you don't see them through to fruition. I used to tell myself that one and realizing that that's a story and you can choose a new one for yourself. So the new story could be that you're the you're the woman that gets shit done. And 
I started that. I literally had a moment. Sometimes it can be that simple. Have a moment of journaling and I was working through an exercise of awareness and I went, oh yeah, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to see it through. And that is something that from that moment on, I literally followed through on everything I did, unless it wasn't aligned for me anymore or for whatever reason. Um, and I could have told myself the story, you know, oh, here I am again, not following through, but I chose to see it a different way. Well, this isn't aligning for me. This isn't where I need to be right now. This isn't working out as I thought, and that's okay. So we can choose a new story for ourselves. And firstly, acknowledging that there's nothing wrong with you for having some self-doubt. It is a normal part of the way the mind is put together, the machinery of the mind. It it comes with self-doubt. But are you going to believe it? You don't have to believe it. You can start to say, hey, oh, there's that self-doubt voice again. Mm. And maybe it's not true. And not lying to yourself in a way, not telling a story where it feels like, oh, this is like, I'm just, you know, looking in the mirror and saying, I love you, but it feeling totally uncomfortable and weird. Or I love myself. Why don't we start with, I'm learning to love myself, or I'm open to the idea of loving myself and building from there. You know, we want the body to feel calm and relaxed as you say these words, instead of the, t- the sick feeling of, no, this isn't, this isn't right. Mm. And we can build from there. Mm, baby steps it's kind of like yeah. building a different habit isn't it you've got to kind of you know one of the lo- books that I love is atomic habits and it's all about breaking it really down into those really micro things and maybe that can be the same you know thing that you can take or the sorry the approach that you could take um you know if you are feeling like you've got a lot of you know a lack of confidence and stuff like that is just you know little simple words that are changed rather than your whole vocabulary (laughs) you know exactly Carly and that's a lot of what works for this Mm. is what goes against our instincts and the instinct of the anxious mind is like all or nothing Mm. I'm either like 100% doing this perfectly or I'm not doing it at all and that's what can be in like cycles of binge eating for (laughs) years like was I've got to do my diet perfectly or oh, screw it, I'm just going to eat everything that's bad for me. Mm, I so, in my practice, um, obviously like I focus on helping people with gut issues and SIBO and um, over the last 18 months I've developed my own uh, SIBO diet therapy that's coming out this year to practitioners and I've been using it in my patients. And just what you said then, it is so... I'm just not every patient I've worked with has had that experience, but I've had some people come through my clinic in the last 18 months and done my dietary therapy. And there's definitely that I'm either all in and I'm going to succeed, but then if I don't, I'm a failure and I'm a shit person and I'm just repeating the same things, but it doesn't have to be that way. And something that I have to be, you know, constantly coaching my patients about is that you, you don't have to be all in. It doesn't have to be that you're going to succeed or fail. There can be this middle ground where you sit in the diet and, and some days you stuff up and that that's okay and you don't follow the the list of foods or whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I see that come through. That's, mm. that's really beautiful, Carly, that you weave that flexibility in for people who are sensitive to being mm. told it's like got to be this way or you failed because that is where that breathing space is where we can actually stick to something so we don't have to be perfect about it Mm. well I just feel like a lot of like diets and 
things that are out there from a health perspective, it's already setting people up to fail by being so rigid, you know, like we have to have, we are human beings. Like we, we, not many, it's actually good to fail to learn to then overcome that and to learn a new way. Like we learn so much more from failure sometimes. So, you know, I encourage that and try to keep people's mind open to failure rather than being scared of it. Um, Exactly. mm. An example might be you eat the foods that, you know, the high FODMAP foods, for example, one day and you like totally splurge and you then you might feel like you're in so much pain. You're like, oh, yeah, this is why (laughs) I'm choosing to continue to eat in a way that supports my body and my gut because I don't want to feel this way. Yeah. And it's all about just having body awareness, isn't it? You know, if you are going to go and make those decisions and how do you feel when you do that? And do you think that that's serving your body, your mind, your goals, um, and then come back and reflect even more? Oh, so (laughs) what about, I'm just thinking, um, you spoke about how we can choose different words, um, but what about, are there other methods or techniques that you use um, to shift anxiety? and to create more self-confidence and yeah can you tell us a little is there anything deeper that you recommend (laughs) absolutely Carly so one of my favorite uh modalities to work with is hypnotherapy and this is working on the subconscious mind it's not just any hypnotherapy it's called RTT it stands for rapid transformational therapy and essentially it's an upgraded format of hypnotherapy that, I mean, I've heard clients come to me and they're like, oh, yeah, I've done hypnotherapy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, what what was the experience? Did you do this? Did you have this? And they're like, no. And I was like, did they make you a personalized recording at the end that you had to listen to afterwards? They're like, no. So there's all these things that other types of hypnotherapy miss out on. RTT is very specific using the best techniques of CBT. We've got NLP in there, all incorporated so that you get a result in that one to two hour session. They usually, mine usually go for two hours, Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes three, once four. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Until we get the result. There was a break in there somewhere. (laughs) Like it's just until we get that result, I I sit with someone until it clicks in the mind. But um, yeah, the result, but in the scheme of life, a two hour or possibly four hour session to really have a shift in like, you cannot go back to seeing something the old way when you've upgraded a belief system. And basically what it is, is everything that we believe about ourselves, all our negative beliefs, even our negative emotions do come back to childhood. It's classic psychology 101. And Every, even though if we think, oh, I'm going through this experience for the first time, maybe you've started a new business and you're feeling like you're not coping with the uncertainty of that business. Well, that feeling and that anxiety around it would actually go back to when you were a little kid. And an example could be no one was there to comfort you when you had to deal with big emotions and uncertainty in life. You didn't have that emotional support. There wasn't a parent there who just held you and was patient with you and said, my darling, I love you and you're going to be okay. And what happens is we start to develop beliefs when that happens. So maybe we're five years old and we're scared and someone's not there to reassure us. And we think, well, I'm not important because they're all too busy. Everyone around me, there's no one here. They're busy. We make various meanings depending on like the context and the situation. Um, It could be, 
you know, I, I'm not lovable enough, like I'm not interesting enough, but usually it's a variation of I'm not enough in some way. I'm not doing enough. I need to do more to get that love or to get that security, that safety. And what we can do is go back in hypnotherapy to those scenes where those beliefs were created and shift the perspective because what we're doing is enacting in our adult lives a five-year-old mindset or a four-year-old mindset, that belief system of, oh, because they're busy, that means I'm not valuable. But when we go back and look at it through our adult eyes and we see it, we're like, hang on a second, this beautiful, gorgeous, divine human being, this little five-year-old, perfectly imperfect, how can she not be valuable and important? That, that, That premise is flawed. And we can go back and see actually these caregivers were not able to give you and show you how important you were, but that doesn't mean that you weren't important and valuable. Mm-hmm. And so we shift the perspective and we we use various techniques to get that like sunken in, to break that old belief. So it's like, oh, this is so obvious now. And you can't go back to seeing it the old way. So you can't, this is where we dig at the deep roots of fear, anxiety, pressure to be perfect, and also self-doubt. And we can really get an upgrade happening for people. And then from there, it's moving into a personalized recording where we really spend some time creating a vivid reality of what would that life be like? How is your brain functioning? What are you perceiving? What are people, what do you think people are thinking of you when you no longer believe this old thing and you now believe this new thing about you, that you're a worthy, confident, beautiful, wonderful person and you're deserving of love and you're deserving of good things to happen to you. You may notice you're perceiving that other people see that in you and other people believe in you and you believe in yourself. And we start to weave in new positive beliefs. And that's the recording that people can listen to for 21 days after the session. So that's what I do with private clients. But I also, you know, there are recordings of of more general uh, hypnotherapy um, that people can listen to as well that also have a really profound effect. Mm -hmm. Just depends kind of like where you want to go with it and and how deep you want to go. Yes. Do you find that like the personalized option is like a deeper experience with like more outcomes, you would say? Often it is, but I'm surprised all the time at how much like the other other ones do work. But it's it's when we hear our own name, like I would say, Carly, you are enough as you are and your brain your is your mind is wired to respond to your own name and sort of almost wake up a little bit more every time yep. it hears Carly but uh there are other ways to make that your brain wake up too like clicking the fingers is like a classic hypnotherapy it just gets the attention happening um and using really powerful language really emotive language that the body and the emotions respond to mm. So I feel like when, like one of the big things I'm seeing in my practice and working with um, my patients from a gut health perspective is, and I think this links back into something you were saying earlier on about like the food anxiety. I'm seeing it a lot coming up with food um, and there's this big link or something's happening there with patients where they've got chronic gut issues, microbiome imbalances. We know that there's different species in our gut that, you know, we've got set that produce serotonin and we've got inflammation pathways that interfere with the brain and anxiety. But what do you think's going on here? Because I'm seeing 
sometimes this anxiety, this high functioning anxiety, this lack of confidence, this lack of self-doubt demotivates, even though these patients have got everything that they need, the support, the videos, the supplements, the very detailed dietary therapy and chronic gut issues that flare up when they don't do the things in their treatment plan. But this anxiety that I'm seeing in some patients almost cripples and just derails some patients where they just they can't move forward. What do you, I don't know, I don't even know if I have a yeah. real question here, but no, do I, comment or like, yeah. I've got, I, I've got an answer to your okay. nocturnal question. It's, it's a brilliant question, whatever the, I mean, it is a question. <laughs> like what is happening there? So I love this so much, Carly, because it comes up all the time, doesn't it? Mm. What we're talking about is a cycle of self-sabotage. Would you say that's correct is what yep. you're feeling is, is happening? So it's Maybe like, they're not here's aware it. of that, but yes, I, as a practitioner, I could see that. Mm. Yes. And what happens, I mean, there's, there's an element of like the inner critic playing in there. Like I'm not really worthy of this healing can mm. be part of it. Like I don't really deserve to feel better. Sometimes there's something in us potentially even punish us, punishing us a little bit with like the perpetuation of our suffering in whether that, whatever health condition that might be like somewhere we might believe we deserve it. And that's typically playing out in more of the autoimmune picture. There's a self, like our body is literally attacking mm. itself. Mm. The mind is saying, I don't like myself. And yep. the, the body is hearing, let's attack me because the mind's attacking you. Yep. So that's an interesting part that can, that's, that's part of it. And, and hypnotherapy, subconscious mind work can be amazing to, to, to undo that programming. But the other part, the self-sabotage that's more common is that essentially it's that inner child, the scared little girl that didn't get those needs met as a child, emotional needs met, that is basically saying, I'm just going to totally like abandon myself and just give up. And maybe, maybe then if I'm really suffering, really struggling, mom or dad or whatever caregiver it was that didn't meet those needs, is going to come in and save me. Mm. It's this, you know, it's this thing of like, if I really go to shit, maybe then they'll notice me and mm. they'll come in and help me. And I see this in the most, successful women who are like you would not realize that's that's deep within but it's there and so there's no shame in acknowledging or even going to that place of hang on could this be something deep within me it's that part of us that sometimes just goes yeah I know I can do it all I know I can handle it all and sometimes often I feel I have to handle it all but geez sometimes I just wish someone else would come take care of me yeah Mm. And, and that's that what's can... usually screaming out in us is like, can someone else take care of me? Mm. And I can also see that sometimes in, in patients where that's what they want me to do. You know, it's almost yeah. like as a, as a practitioner, they want me to save them or to be that, um, you know, um, and, you know, sometimes doing that deeper work like the hypnotherapy is actually going because like, you know, they might be viewing me as that mother or whoever from their past, but maybe yeah. doing that deeper work because at the end of the day, you know, 
I'm not sure. Like, are, as practitioners, are we the ones to save them? Or is God, it? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, we can't. We can't. Like, and I get that with my clients too, Carly, because, you know, especially I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of that emotional supportive work and, Often I am like if you've broken your arm and you put a cast on the arm, I'm like the cast for the the loving parent that they have to become for themselves. So I'm like, I step in, I show them how I'm being that for them to an extent, but I can't be there, you know, at 3am in the morning when they're having a panic attack or something's happened and they can't sleep. Like they have to in that moment and I give them tools to do that. Be the loving parent. So notice the inner child that's freaking out and step in as your own loving parent because only you can be that for yourself. Only you can save yourself. I know it sucks. I know it would be nice to just like have someone else. Let's like, all have a tantrum and like. <laughs> <laughs> we all have that part of ourselves like I wish an angel would just come in and save us and I think there's something to a lot of like those biblical stories and things mm-hmm. that kind of talk about that sort of thing. It's it's our inner child being like, can someone else do this? Can can God save me? Really can hard. Save me. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, and I do believe in an element of like the universe supporting us too, but equally we do have to step up and, mm. and say, so when we're scared, it's that loving parent that we also have access to coming in and saying, Hey, I hear you. I'm with you. You matter to me. I'm going to listen to you and give you space to be scared right now. And that's okay. Mm. And even just letting it be okay to be scared can dissipate so much of that cycle of anxiety that then builds and builds and builds when we're resisting it. So it's becoming the loving parent to ourselves. That's a huge part of the RTT that we do because we look at, okay, this was my five-year-old mindset, but I'm now, I see what I didn't get then and I'm Mm going to give it to myself now. They were always too busy for me. I'm now going to not be too busy for me. You know, I'm going to have time for myself. And often we tr- we parent ourselves the way we were parented. Yeah. So our default is like, oh, you know, dad or mom was too busy for me and ignored me. I'm going to ignore my own feelings. So as we start to go against those instincts and counteract that, we can really heal and move forward. Mm. And then we don't get the self-sabotage cycle coming in because we've woken up to the fact that mom and dad aren't coming. Yep. The caregiver's not coming to save you and that sucks and they should have in the moment when you were that little kid but understanding how powerful you are and it's waking up to that power that you can actually move through this on your own. Gosh, I feel like these conversations can be life-changing. Like, you know, for people who just don't realise that this stuff is going on, I really feel like someone, and I hope that there's someone out there listening now that's like maybe the first time they've ever heard you speak and, you know, can feel like, I almost think there's a sense of hope that comes back from this conversation because it can be crippling, it can be hard, it can be debilitating when you're suffering from high-functioning anxiety, but to know that you can unwire that and create a new future is just, yeah really empowering which is like a stumbling block a lot of people can't even believe because we're so used to thinking this way or we've tried affirmations or we've tried stuff in the past and it's too hard I Mm. get that it's challenging but our brains have neuroplasticity our brains can mold and be rewired and change themselves you're not defined by your genetics don't look at like okay well everyone in my family has anxiety so like I mean everyone in my family has anxiety but I choose differently. I make different choices and I've chosen to not continue those patterns. And that 
is where we can, we have so much power. We really mm. are so much powerful than we believe. And that's another lie of the anxious mind that you're not, <laughs> that you're somehow a victim of life and life's just coming to get you. No, you can take that power back for sure. So inspiring. Thank you for sharing. So before you go, we need to know more about this book. Like, I'm so excited for you. Massive congratulations. So what is your book? What is it about? Can you, what can you share with us <laughs> um, on this podcast today? Well, you know, it's such a, it was such a beautiful unfolding in my life. I'm just going to start here. It was this time last year, I was saying to everyone, I'm going to write a book this year. This is the year I'm writing the book. I'd been saying like, I will write a book the year before, but this was like, okay, it's happening. And then it got to, and I was saying, I'm going to write it in Portugal. I'm going to go to Europe for three months and write it while I'm there. And I had no book deal, nothing. And then literally the weekend before I left, I submitted my book proposal to my my ideal publisher. And the day I was getting on the plane, they got back to me and they were like, great, we want to set up a meeting. We love it. And they gave me the deadline to submit the manuscript the day before I was flying home from Portugal. So it just wow. crazy alignment. And I always feel when those things are lining up, it's like something else is carrying this for me. And it was actually quite easy to write mm. because I think about this subject matter a lot. And I suppose it was also based on my three-month program. So I had a, a framework for it, but it mm. flowed out of me, Carly. And it was, it was really beautiful to write. And I... It's essentially a 12-week process to work through anxiety from a mind, body, and soul perspective. So looking at how, and I say soul, that's us looking at a higher perspective, using our awareness, our consciousness to see that we are more than our thoughts, that we are connected to something greater. It's answering that question of how can we trust life when we can't, I can't physically see evidence that I can trust it. Like anything can happen. Mm. So it's building that, that belief system. There's also the mind component, which is a lot of talked about in this podcast episode is looking at, you know, debunking the lies of our minds, understanding how the sub, how the subconscious mind works, but also how the anxious mind functions, the typical lies it will tell you so that you can bring more awareness to those and you don't have to fall prey. And then the physical part is, I mean, I'm a naturopath too, so I can't, you can't take the naturopath out of the girl. So I, <laughs> we go through a process of working through uh, calming our nervous system, supporting and, and nourishing, up to optimizing our gut health, nourishing our body and our brain so we can think clearly. We've got the nutrients to support our cognition and then moving through our hormonal balance as well and various other elements that are required so that we're leaving no stone unturned in that picture of anxiety and everything we can do for it because there's so many, so much noise out there. There's so many, I see every day I'll see a new reel of like some weird technique to calm anxiety. It's like, put your tongue on the roof of your mouth and rub your head at the same time and, you know, put your elbow up here. And there's all these different things. Yeah. I think they're beautiful and there's a lot of merit to them, but Equally in the moment, it can be so hard to remember which one to apply. So I have a very simple approach that's just like something we can just hardwire into our mind and so we can always go there. It's learning how to soothe yourself and reparent yourself essentially. Mm, I cannot wait. So this is coming out on March 28th this year. March 28th this year. It's going to be in bookstores around Australia. If you're in an airport, you'll definitely see it in oh all those goodness. like 
that's my favorite place to see books anyway. So I, it's hard mm-hmm. to, I know I'm like still not sure this is totally real, but um, yeah, I'm really, Believe it, girl. really excited. a little nervous. Cause like, you know, I tell some really personal stories in there and I talk about what happened with my family as well and how that impacted the anxiety, but with the hope that that's going to help someone else who's like, oh yeah, like I went through something like that and I know what that feels like. So yeah, I'm really excited to have it out there, Carly, and and have something that's hopefully a, a, a bit of a Bible for people to, they can work through it in a succinct way, or you can also just open a random page and just receive that that guidance yeah. in that moment too. So yeah. yeah. Well, I can't wait to have congratulations. I'm not surprised at all. Like I actually didn't know until earlier on this year or maybe in December sometime that you um, were writing a book. Um, and as soon as I knew, I was like, yes, this is something that you were destined to do. And I'm so proud of you. Um, and yes, I'll be sharing it far and wide. So um, my only advice to anyone listening is to go and get a copy. Obviously, you've heard all of her wisdom um, throughout today's podcast, but there is so much more. Like this is just like the tip of the iceberg, you know, like there is just so much more to learn. Um, so definitely go and get yourself a copy. And we will put in the show notes um, Georgie's Instagram website. So if you do feel like you would like to work with her one-on-one or I know she has a few, are you still running a few group like based I am you've got yes. membership or yeah a few other ways to work with um Georgie so please go and check her out um and if you're called to work with her do that so before I officially say goodbye is there anything else that you wanted to say or a last minute little gem that you wanted to throw out there into the universe for that person who needs to hear something right now yeah because this someone asked me a question the other day at the end of an episode and this was what came through so I feel it's just why not get this out if you're in doubt and you don't know which way to turn in any situation just follow the more loving choice ask yourself which way is going to bring me deeper into love and away from fear and bring that conscious awareness you can't go wrong if you're choosing love whether that's kindness to yourself kindness to others kindness to the world love to the world you're gonna you're gonna open up so much in your life so when we're in doubt choose the love just choose love I love it (laughs) thank you so much Carly it's been such a pleasure you're welcome and I'm sure it will not be the last time I'll speak to you soon yay (laughs) bye bye lovely did you like what you heard leave us a review If you'd like to learn more about my Nourish Gut program or the Nourish Gut Kids membership, head over to my website. Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast.